0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from god's favorite house it is a prayer that you listen your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with jesus amen god bless you as you listen to this message at the door.
1: so father we are here again lord we open our hearts and we ask that you open our eyes Cause us to see as we ought to see, Lord. Change our lives. Take us higher in you. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Honor and glory be given to you, Father. Honor and glory be given to you, Jesus. In Jesus' amazing name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And um, so today we are in part four of our series on only Jesus, only Jesus. And in in part one, we, we asked, who is your shepherd? And the answer is what? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And we explained and and unpacked it. Again, if you you missed it, please get the series online. It's so important that we fully understand that it's Jesus that's at the center of it all. And it it affects everything. It changes everything. Absolutely. In part two, we, we asked... Who can give you a better life? And the answer is what? Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Jesus. And in part three, which was last week, we ask, who can give you resurrection power? And the answer is... Only Only Jesus. Only Jesus. And today, the question is... Who can give you a fresh start? Only Jesus. And the answer remains, only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can give you a fresh start. And so, have you, have you started a project that right in the middle of the project, you wished you could start again? Have you started, maybe you, you, uh, you looked at the cost of getting someone to paint your room and and you said no, I can paint it myself, and you start painting your room, and you, you get halfway and you're like, can I start this again? Can I have a fresh, a fresh, <laughs> a fresh start? Some people are putting bad English in my mouth. My colleague, I was about to say French start. A fresh start. <laughs> fresh start. Now, for some of us it's an like education. We, we get halfway, or more than halfway, and we're like, can I start again? The things you learn in maybe year three, you've matured, you have more sense. So you wish you could go to year one and start again. I mean, that happened to me when I gave my life to Christ in, in uh, like, end of year three, beginning of year four. And I was like, ah, can I start again? The, I mean, I just Overplayed. Praise the Lord. Can I start again? And for some of us, it's um it's our marriages. You know, you're neck deep in your marriage. And you're like, can I start this thing again? If I could start again. <laughs> now, how many people here? If you could start your marriage again, you do something differently. Let me see your hands up. Oh, all the hands are up. Some people are checking their spouses <laughs> to see if they are safe, to, to raise their hands up. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's parenting. You know, we, we dabble into this thing called parenting only for your child to be 10, 12. And you're like, I wish I knew what I knew when this child was, was 1, 2. And this season, you know, I mean, the, the season of, of, um, of, the, of, of the Passover, if you will, or Easter, is still rife. And, you know, it's, it's all, like we learned, it's all about what? Coming alive and starting afresh. Easter is all about coming alive and what? And starting afresh, God wants to give you a fresh start. A fresh start in your relationship, a fresh start with, with your worldview, a fresh start in, in all the things that matters to you. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. First Corinthians 30. the um, MSG translation says, "A clean slate and a fresh start. Come from who? From God by the way of, of who? By Jesus Christ. Way of Jesus Christ. So only Jesus can give you a fresh start. It comes from God, but it is only Christ. It is not um, coming alive to the same old, same old. It's not coming alive to the old life. God did not raise an exceedingly great army. They bring the dry bones from, from the dead to life so that they can continue the, in the old way. No, 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 no. He was raising an exceedingly great army. He was doing a new thing. And I believe by the grace of God that you've come alive yeah. last weekend in all the areas of your life. But it is so that you can actually have a fresh start. And that is important. Romans 6 says to us in verse 4 that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the power of the Father, we can also live what? A new life. We can also live a new life. We can also live a new life. Or you could say, okay, but Pastor, I'm an old Christian. Does this new life affect me? Yes, it does. Can I have a a fresh start? Yes, you can. But I've I've been a Christian for 30-something years. There's more in God. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, you can have a fresh start. Oh, but pastor, I'm, I'm Jewish, or I'm Buddhist, or I'm... Muslim or I'm Catholic or I'm I'm Baptist. Can I also have a fresh start? Yes, you can. In fact, it's 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 for you. If you say, Oh, I'm not even religious, as you will discover it's not about religion. But in Luke 5, Jesus makes a huge statement in verse 32. Jesus says, I am here inviting outsiders, not insiders, an invitation to a change. Life, I am here, Jesus saying, I'm here inviting outsiders. If you feel you don't belong, Jesus says, it's you I'm talking to. If you feel that, oh, I've been too long on this level, I feel like an outsider. Even though I've been coming to church all my life, I feel like I'm an outsider with God. Jesus says, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. It is you that I want to give a fresh start. So the, the, the question is, what do, what do I expect or what happens when Jesus gives me a, a fresh start? What happens, what do I, What should I expect when Jesus gives me a fresh start? Three things, and we are done. What, you see, it's all with God to, to enjoy the fullness of, that God has for you, it's all about the fundamentals. Everybody say fundamentals? It's all about the fundamentals. Your marriage, it's all about the fundamentals. If you're married 30 years, it's all about what? The fundamentals. It's all about the fundamentals. If you've played any sport to any level, you discover in soccer, it's all about the fundamentals. By the way, I played soccer yesterday after a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and since you asked, I scored a goal. <laughs> I'm not saying you should clap. <laughs> it was a beautiful goal. Should I tell you what happened? <laughs> there's no time. If at the end there's no time I tell you. It's just about the fundamentals. And I see people playing and I'm like, they, are, they, they, they you, you kick the ball, it flies off. You, and you're wondering what happened. It's the fundamentals. When you open your body, the ball flies up. When you close your body, the ball stays down. <laughs> so fun, just about it. You've played tennis. It's all about the fundamentals. Before the ball gets to you, prepare for the shots. Golf, is all about the fundamentals. Your grip, your stance. <laughs> it's all about the fundamentals. And I spend a lot of time in this because if you can get the fundamentals right in God, you, you, you will be operating at levels that people will be shocked. They will think, oh, there's some Jim Jim thing about you. And that's why people pretend as if there's something super special. It's just about what? For instance, a fundamental is read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, if you want to grow, grow. Uh, 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 read your Bible, pray every day. If you want to grow. So, I mean, countless of people come to me by God's grace. Looking to grow spiritually. And I sit with him and I said, Oh, and it tells me very recently, I mean, I almost slapped one young man, as in, because it was my son. I slapped him, you know, I almost slapped him. He was like, Oh, Pastor, I want to grow spiritually. And I said to him, He says, Oh, I go to this program. I go to that program. And I'm looking at him. I said, Do you read your Bible? He said, No. When it lasts, you are not, you see, we live the fundamentals and we are, we are chasing shadows. I said to him, go and read your Bible. Start from, you know the book I always say is start from, the book of John. Start from, from and pray every day. I mean, that's you, you, it's a it's a, a relationship that you are building and it's all about the fundamentals. So, <laughs> you know, the, the things I'm teaching you today, fundamentals, crucial. If you get them, you are you're going to be fine. And you will get them. In Jesus' name. So what happens when Jesus gives me a fresh start? When Jesus gives me a fresh start, I get three things. The first thing I get is this. I get new clarity about life. I begin to see life differently. I begin to see other people differently. I begin to see God differently. In fact, I begin to see church differently. Now, it's, it, 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 say, why are you so excited when you come to church? You say you don't understand. We are excited because <laughs> you know, we get to get new clarity about God, about life. And it, it's so powerful. In John 8, 12, Jesus puts it this way. He says, I am the light of the world. So, if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. He says, for living light will flood your path. Living light will do what? It will flood your path. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. How do you know you're stumbling? Number one, you don't know what lies ahead. Number two, you don't even know where you are. Number three, you're filled with bumps and bruises because you keep bumping on things. You're stumbling. If those three things are in place, or one of them, it means that... (laughs) You are stumbling through darkness. Number one, you don't know where you are. Number two, you don't know where you are going. Number three, your body is filled with bumps and bruises. You keep colliding with walls, colliding with trees, colliding with cats because you can't see. President of the Lord. You see, you know, there's this. In, in, in warfare, modern warfare, there's this uh, things that the, um, well, the elite forces of the world uses, starting with the US Army, I think they, they, they invented this. It's, it's called night vision. You know, if you, if you played Call of Duty at all, the game, this, you can get a perk, can, it can have night vision. When everything is dark and, you know, and you wear that goggle, you can see in the dark. You know, and um, a, a US Army general, um, was saying this about the night vision. It says, if you can see clearly in the dark when your enemy is confused, you are going to win every time. Every time. In your career. If you can see clearly in the dark when everybody else is confused, you are going to win. In, at work. In your business. If you can see clearly all the time. In your marriage, if you can see clearly all the time. It doesn't mean there will not be darkness. But it means you have night vision. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) You see, many times we want a situation where there is no darkness at all. But you see, darkness will cover the earth. And gross darkness the people. But you will have night vision goggles. In the name of Jesus and that, that, that's, that's what the scripture is, is about. So if you find out that you are living in a confused state, something is wrong with that. Something is wrong with that. You are not meant to be in a confused state. 1 Corinthians 14.33, it says, God is not a God of confusion. God is not a God of confusion. So the truth is that the father... You are from God, the more confused you are going to be. The more confused you are, the further you are from God. Obviously, the converse is also the case. The closer you are to God, the less confused you are. And when we talk about not being confused, you know, it's all about how you see, but with your inner state, not necessarily your physical eyes. You know that you we see life through our inner heart, our minds, not necessarily our eyes. In Matthew 5, and that was what Jesus was trying to. To say, when it says, blessed are the pure in heart, of you see God, you know, the message transition puts this way. It says, when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. When you get your inside world put right, what happens? Then you can see God in the outside world. The challenge is that a lot of us, our inside world is not put right. There's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of confusion, and that is why we are not seeing the outside world the way God wants us to see. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God will put your inside world right. So what am I saying? What we are saying is this, your heart and your mind determine what you see through your eyes. It's your heart and your mind that determines what you see, not your eyes, not your eyes. So the inner state is only Jesus that can give you clarity. Yes, I know that as far as we are on this side of the world of, of eternity, we will not have all the answers. Having clarity doesn't mean you have all the answers. It just means you know what to do next. <laughs> you know what to do next. You don't have all the answers, but but you know what to do next. First Corinthians thirteen says to us in verse twelve: it "says One day we will see everything with perfect clarity. It says then we will know everything completely, just as God knows us now." We know everything completely, just as God knows us now. But until then, we follow Jesus one step at a time. One step at a time. You know, again, having to disciple people, and and folks have questions. And I see people struggle because, we try to answer all our questions before we take the next step in God. We want to have all, check all our boxes before we take the next steps in God. And I say to them, I say to you, and obviously this is the truth of my life also. You don't need to have all the answers before you can take your next steps in God. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to have all the answers before you can take your next steps in God. You don't need to have all your questions answered before you can trust God. You don't. You don't. You know, And speaking to one of, again, um, one of my guys, and, you know, and, <clears throat> and he was like, oh, did you have this question? Did you have that question? I said, exactly, I did. I said, so how did you overcome that phase of your life? And, and he said something that's very interesting. He says, he says, looking at you, it's as if you don't have any questions, as if you have all your questions answered. I answered, I laughed. I said, No, I have a lot of questions. But when I see Jesus, uh, we will go for uh, lunch and we'll sit down and have a conversation. And he said, Really? I said, Yeah. He said, So, how do you move past past it? I said, I walk with the light I know. And I trust God and I take the next step. In fact, there were questions I had 10 years ago that were bothering me so much. But I trusted God. I took my next step in what I know. And guess what? In taking that next step, light came for the questions I was asking. In fact, I didn't even know when the questions were answered. I just knew the answers to them. So question, because I agree in God, obviously. So if I had not taken that step and insisting on that until I get all my questions answered, I would never get the answer. Because some answers are only available at certain levels. And if you don't take steps to get to that level, you will not get the answers to those questions at your current level. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So it, it, it is a work of faith. When you step out and you walk with faith with God, God gives you clarity. He gives you clarity. And when clarity comes, you take your next step. So some answers are waiting for you in step five. And you are in step two. And God says, take steps three. And like, no, until I get that answer. But God says, no, until you take those steps. Then you take the step three, you take the step four, you take the step five, boom, the answer comes. Then you see someone in step one insisting that they must get the answers of step five. Then what do you do? You smile and you say what? Oh, As in small peking. What is small peking? No. And you encourage them to take their step and move forward regardless. And God will be waiting for them at the requisite level. John 3, 36 says to us, John 3, 36, it says, whoever accepts and trusts, it's huge. Whoever accepts and trusts God's sons, get in on everything. Do you want to get in on everything? Do you want to have, you know, you know everyone, everyone is, struggling, and you're just there, you're smiling because you, they've given you cronje, you know, what they call cronje. They've given you expo, they've given you microchips, you know, of the exams of life. And you're just smiling. Why? Because you accept and trust God's son. Life complete and forever. But the person who avoids and distrusts God's son is in the dark and doesn't see life. At the close of service today, some of us, we need to accept and trust God's Son. We're going to give you the opportunity today to accept and trust God's Son. And clarity will come into your life in the mighty name of Jesus. So what happens when Jesus gives me a fresh start? The first thing is that I get new Clarity. I get new clarity. And the, the second thing is this. The second thing I get is, is, is this. I get new confidence. I get new confidence. Not only do I have clarity, I have confidence. Many of us base our confidence. We are low confidence. Loads of people are low of confidence. And the reason we are low of confidence is because we are basing our confidence on the wrong things. We are basing our confidence on the wrong things. We are basing our confidence on our achievements. The, the, the challenge with that is that if, if you achieve something, there's always somebody that has achieved higher than you. Or people that have not even achieved as much the enemy will make them even look better than you. Then your confidence drops. Then you feel you need to achieve more. Sometimes we base our confidence on our acquisitions. Acquisition. When I park my um, G-Wagon of my S-Class at the car park, I will park it close to the front. I'll come early, even though you don't come early before, but you will come early. Then I will come out. Then I will walk into the church with confidence. Now, while you are trying to get into the car park with your, what's it called? Your S-class. You saw someone, husband and wife, in a Tesla just cruising in. Then you look at your S-plus and you look at your Tesla. <laughs> then something happens. Confidence drops. Confidence drops. Why? Because your confidence was based on what? An acquisition. An acquisition. Confidence drops. The worst of them all. Apart from um, Achievement acquisition, the worst of them all to base your confidence on is appearance. You want to base your confidence on appearance. You have fixed the lashes, <laughs> and they are blinking. <laughs> You've checked the right one; it's working. The left one, you know, it's <laughs> working. You fix the air, you know. You are coming to I mean I mean church today, we will worship Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Then as soon as you get into church, then you see someone in first touch. You know those first touch ladies are, you know. You see someone in first touch with a bigger pointer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not y'all <yabbing> you guys. <laughs> I'm giving them some witch method. <laughs> I gave them the compliment first. Okay, anyway, bottom line is... <laughs> you know, and you... And, and, and what happens? Confidence drops. Because you're basing your confidence on appearance. You come after service, you have your selfie stick. You want to take selfies. I'm going to take selfies. Then you see some people from which department? They have this super selfie stick. And they're even putting stuff on their head while they are. And you look at them and you're like and you go to your car. Confidence drops. It's a horrible place to be. Don't base. Your confidence on number one achievement. Don't base your confidence on number two acquisitions. Don't number three. Don't base your confidence on. Yes. Base your confidence on God. Yes. Base your confidence on God. You come. Let's since we are using church. You, your confidence is in God. You, even, you pack your car, it doesn't matter. The person comes with a Tesla, praise God, you don't even see it. Because in your heart, I have confidence in you. <laughs> Jesus, I have confidence in you. Any any day, I have
2: confidence in you. <laughs> Delver. Ah. Ah. Delver.
1: Absolutely and totally. And you know, doing you know, some study of the Bible, on what are the things that gives us confidence in God, I came across over 20 things maybe another time we'll run through them or maybe we'll do a series on, on, on confidence in God. You know, but I'll give you four this morning. And, and you see, and the first thing that gives us confidence in God is, is this. is the fact that God offers to forgive everything I have done That puts a spring in my steps. God, Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them when Christ says There is no condemnation for those that belong to Christ. It gives great confidence. One of the greatest confidence destroyer is guilt and Shame. It's guilt and shame. You know, there's a, there's a video that was going around on social media about um, the lady's testimony, and I, and I think it's a fantastic testimony. But I want to draw a lesson, you know, from that testimony and the mistake that a lot of believers make, not taking away from the testimony, it's a fantastic testimony, but We need to learn and, 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 and understand the fundamentals so that we don't build on erroneous beliefs. Let's have the video.
0: I just want to make sure Brother Silas here. Praise the Lord. Um, Tuesday night of this, or last week, um, I was headed towards the church and we had choir rehearsal. And, um, I was meeting with my cousin before he left for town and I spoke to my mom and she said, okay, well, make sure you come to bible I mean, I'm sorry, make sure you come to choir rehearsal. So I waited for him. He never showed up and, um, it had been a long day. So long story short, I said, you know, I'm tired. I'm just going to go home. Well, on my way home, I said, I'm going to stop at the store. So I met the light and, um, my turning signal was red. And I put my head down, and I just saw the glare of the green light for the cars to go straight. So I automatically turned. And something said, look back. And I looked back, and I said, I just ran that light. And right when I looked over, it was was a suburban coming, coming at me. And I said, this suburban is about to hit me. So when it hit me, my first thought was this was a hard hit. But as my car started to flip over, I just thought this is it I'm this is it I'm about to die this is it and I landed upside down and all the airbags went off except for the, the driver's seat and I heard turn your car off so I immediately turned my car off and I heard people yelling and asking me questions as your seatbelt on and I touched my face because I, I just knew my face was bloody it wasn't no blood they said can you feel your legs and my attention went to my legs I said I can feel my legs and immediately when I realize I'm in a car upside down and there's nothing wrong with me. I just immediately begin to thank God and I begin to cry and begin to just thank God and they were able to carry me out of the car. But the biggest thing of this testimony is that even though, you know, I thought that I was dying, the sad thing about it is that I was not ready.
2: Scary thing is that I was not ready. I don't know if anybody has experienced a life threatening situation. But to be in that situation and being this close to death, and you're not ready is nothing you want to play with. Yeah. And I just begin to cry that entire night even in the hospital and I asked God, I said, God, why did you let me live? Because I wasn't sinning, but my dedication, my commitment, my love for him had changed. And when I said, God, why did you let me live? He immediately said, it's because I love you and I have a work for you to do.
0: (laughs) So even though I don't have a car, I went through that for all of you. I went through that for my sister, for my family, to let you all know that God is serious.
2: God is serious about serving him and he gave me a chance to let you all know that every day that we wake up is not that we're getting by it's a chance it's a chance to get it right because when I was turning over and thought I was dying it didn't matter that I was single it didn't matter about how much money was in my account it didn't nothing else matter was that I was dying and I wasn't ready but I told God that will be the last time I face that situation and I won't be ready. I will be ready. I vow to God that I will do what you want me to do. I will go where he wants me to go. I will say what he want me to say because nothing is worth going to hell for. Nothing is worth going to hell for. My dreams, my goals, things that I want to do in life, it doesn't mean anything, because when I leave this earth, it will just be me and him, and that book of life, and I will make sure that my name is written in it, hallelujah.
1: Okay, praise God. Okay, so, why wasn't she ready? Anybody, why wasn't she ready? Yes, sir. I know this is not tribe, but let's, let's have it. Like she rightly said, it's like the priorities were not there. What really matters weren't there, just like what we're learning today. She had choir rehearsals. Uh, yeah. She didn't go for choir as else. Yeah, but she decided to go she for. She decided a to go for, entry. yes. Because so, her commitment to God had dropped. Yes. Okay. So God's things matters more than our achievement or whatsoever we think we have. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. And that is the flaw. Going for choir as or not going for choir as else, we not determine whether you go to heaven or not. It's a huge flaw that people equate their service to God to the acceptance of God. If you like, don't go for quiet rehearsals. God loves you anyway. And if you die, you will go to heaven. Or you may be living in the boys' quarter. Now, am I saying service to God is not important? No, that's not what I'm saying. Absolutely not. In fact, what probably saved our life was a service to God. Because service to God will save your life here on earth. There are a lot of people that have no influence with God whatsoever. And the reason they don't have any influence with God is because the things of God is not priority to them. The things of God is secondary to them. So they go to church whenever they want to go to God. They serve whenever they want to serve. They shop whenever they want to show up. There are other people that the things of God is a big deal to them. God says that for that life I will sacrifice 10,000 others to preserve the life. Now think about it. I mean, you're, you're yeah, I'm, I'm a pastor, and, you know. And you, you can have this scenario also. You have someone that comes to you and says, Oh, pastor, I need us to, to pray about this and that. And we prayed. And, and that's fine. And every time I see this person, it's always one prayer request or the other request. What am I here for? I'm happy to do it. Another person comes and says, Oh, pastor, the church in Calabar, they need a new building. I'm going to give you a check to buy the building. Then he comes again, and he says, the the soup kitchen that we are feeding people, we need someone to serve. I'm going to volunteer. I'm I'm going to carry all the dirty dishes to serve people that are less privileged. Now, and I see two of them coming at me, and I'm tired. I'm really tired. Who do I want to see? <laughs> it's the same with God. They are certain of God's children that you can't mess with because they are too precious. To He would rather He would rather welcome ten thousand others home. And toy with them.
2: Oh,
1: it is pleasure. It's the same thing about husband and wives. You see, there's a way that you will please your husband that he will say, "You know what? Let me open this side of my life to you that you have never even seen before." I'm not saying they should be secret, but I'm saying there are levels of openness. It's the same thing with God. There are things you will do that will please God, and God will say, "Ah, can I hide anything from Abraham?" seeing that he will command his family after me. So what, what guarantees our heaven is purely nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. However, what's the point of being heavenly, relevant, heavenly wanted and earthly useless? There's, there's no point. So the first thing is what? God offers to forgive my sins. Second thing is I can trust God to work out the details of my life. Romans 8, 28. Romans eight twenty-eight says, For we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. God causes everything to work for my good. It is a confidence booster. Number three, I know that God will give me strength. I can do all things. Philippians 3, 4, 13 says, I I am ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me. I can do all. It's a confidence booster. So regardless of what is before me, I can do all things through Christ that lives in me. Did you know that one of the major causes of stress in people's lives is not the amount of, and the weight of the work before them. It is the trepidation and the anxiety they feel even before they start the task. So someone needs to clean the auditorium and get into the church and see how big the auditorium is. That alone stresses the person. It's not the work. It's not... The cleaning of the, of the auditorium. It's, it's, it's just the idea that there's so much to do. But you see, when I know that there's so much to do, and I know that, please pull up that scripture again, and I know that I am ready for anything through the strength of Christ that lives in me, it's a confidence booster. How many did I say I'll give you? Four. Number four, I know that God has a purpose for my life and a future for me in heaven. He has a purpose for my life and a future for me in heaven. Now, listen. If you if you understand that, it the confidence it gives you is unbelievable. First Peter one, three to four. He says, "Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we were given a brand new life, and have." Everything to live for. You have everything to live for. Every, anything that tells you, what are you living for? What's the point of, of this life? It's the bloody liar. You have everything to live for. Praise the name of the Lord. Including a future in heaven. And guess what? And the future starts when? It starts now. It starts now. It starts now. So what is the summary of this confidence booster. It's simple. It's, it's this. It's past forgiving. Purpose for living. Home in heaven. Jesus is alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, it's a confidence booster that my past is forgiven. I have a purpose for living. I have a home in heaven and Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. So the question is what? Happens when Jesus gives me his first start. Number one, I get what? Clarity. I get clarity. Number two, I get a new what? Confidence. Confidence about my future. And number three, I get a new connection to God. Like I said, regardless of how long you've been walking to God, there's a higher connection you can have with God. There's always a higher connection with God. Romans 5.11 says now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. We are connected with God. God wants you to be His friend. He says, I don't want religion. I want a relationship. I want you to be my friend. I want you to be my friend. And do you know why you are here right now? Why you are not six feet in the grave why you're not in other horrible places that you could possibly be today is simple. Why you're here today and you're seated right there is this. is God wants to love you. That's why you're here. God wants to love you. You were made because God wants to love you. You say, but Pastor, I don't feel like it. Because you never knew it. Now I'm telling you, God wants to love you. Are you going to accept him? Are you going to open your your own hands wide? Or are you going to keep turning your back? It doesn't matter whether, like I said, you're Jewish, whether you are Buddhist. It doesn't matter whether you are Muslim or Catholic or Baptist or you are Pentecostal. It doesn't matter whatever you think you are. God wants to love you. Colossians 3 11, says, in this new life, one's nationality or race or education or social position is totally unimportant. Such things mean nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what matters. And he is equally available to all. And that means you, now in this service, God is equally available to you here and now. God is equally available to you here and now. He is. So, what do I do, Pastor? You respond, you open your heart. Like, but, 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 Pastor, I did, I, I've been hurt. There have been some f- fake Christians, there have been some fake pastors. That have tried to swindle me or that have swindled me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All of my spiritual daughters took me a story. Ah, do we have time for a story? Okay, let me give you. Let me tell you the story. Anyway, that she was in a bus, and you know, there are some professional pastors that come to buses to preach, you know. And after they preach, they must take offering. You know, they must take offering. You know, after they preached. So, the, you want to travel to maybe Abakaliki, you enter a bus, somebody will comes up with a Bible and say, oh, you know, uh, peace be unto you in the name of Jesus. And because you're a Christian, you don't want to, you know, you're, you're, you're sentimental to the name of Jesus, you know. And they pry on, on your emotions and, you know, they pray very big prayers, this car we not some myself. Everybody wants to say amen to that, you know. <laughs> and... and and on, and on, and on. But when they are finished, since you have said amen, it is the time to, to appreciate the work, you know. So they, they pass off. So, so this lady was telling me that while he was talking, that she was just sleeping. You know, she put her head down and just ignored everything. She didn't say amen to anything, obviously, because she knows her confidence is in God and not in what the man is saying. And at the end, as they were passing the offering, he woke her up to, uh, you know, and that she told him that so the offering is more important than the pre- when you were preaching, I was sleeping, you didn't wake me up now it's time for offering. praise the name of God so many times we are like, we've seen all sorts of things, particularly in this part of the world there are all sorts of scams going on I saw a billboard I received my, my husband by fire I'm like So so what am I saying? What I'm saying to you this morning is this. That don't ever let the stupidity of a person keep you from the reality of your God. Don't let what one pastor said or one supposed evangelist said or what a Christian did. Don't let what anybody did keep you away from the reality of your God. God is alive. God loves you. God wants to be with you. In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are those that run to him. Are you going to run to him today? Are you going to run to him today? So we see that when Jesus gives me a fresh start, I get clarity, I get confidence, and I get what? A new connection with God. Lamentations 5 is asking us to take action by praying to God to bring us back to you, God. We are ready to come back. Give us a fresh start. God wants to bring you back. For some of us, it's the clarity that is, 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 is just it's like you're in darkness. For some other people, obviously there's no clarity. They can't be confident. Confidence is gone. Yet, for some of us, we need a new connection. And God wants to bring you back. And give you a fresh start. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads and say to God, Bring me back. Give me a fresh start. Use your mouth. Use your own mouth. And say, God, bring me back to you. Give me a fresh start. If you're here, you're saying that and you have never given your life to Jesus. Like pastor, can you pray with me? I want to, I want to, I want to come to God. I need clarity. I want to come to Jesus. I'm stumbling in darkness. I want to come to Jesus. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Or you're saying, but I used to be with Jesus. I I I, I'm I'm no longer with him. Can I come to him? Yes, I want to. Yes, you can come to him. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. You're in any of those two categories, only you. You are saying, should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. In any of those two categories, only you put up your hand now over your head and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I put up your hand, I'll put up your hand well, not on your head. Over your head. God bless you. And a hand there, and a hand over there. Keep the hand up. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. That's all I require of you. God bless you. Keep the hand up. Shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up. That is me. And, and we'll pray together. we we'll pray together right about now. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling on the screen. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up the hand over your head and we'll pray together God bless you the rest of us let's let's pray for some of us we need to pray for clarity we need the light of Jesus for some of us oh we need to pray and, and embrace the confidence of all that God has for us make God your own confidence yet for some of us we need to pray to have a connection God bless you God bless you my sister God bless you Anna Handia God bless you that is me oh Father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth We pray for everyone here that is surrendering to you. Everyone, even every one of us, Lord. We ask that you give us clarity, oh God. Oh, my Father, give us unexplainable confidence in you. And give us a fresh connection to you. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Jesus' mighty name, we are free. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord Jesus, for his kindness and his mercy towards us.